Hello and welcome to On Mike with Jordan Rich. You know, when it comes to theater and entertainment in the Boston area, and quite frankly beyond, the name Josiah Spaulding is very well known and certainly well respected. Since 1987, Josiah has served as president and chief executive officer of the Bach Performing Arts Center in Boston, formerly known as the Wang Center and the City Center. It's one of the nation's leading cultural institutions. Also under Joe's purview is a classic, the Schubert Theater in Boston. Josiah Spaulding has led his team in launching major musicals and productions and serving the Boston area with top flight entertainment and more for decades. Now we are faced with the COVID crisis affecting everyone, of course, but the arts have taken a severe hit. Joe and I are about to chat a little bit about that and other things, including a cool concept, making use of an empty theater with something called the Ghost Light Performance Series. So without further ado, I welcome a great booster and patron of the arts, Josiah Spaulding, to join us on mic. Well, Joe, as I said in the introduction, you have been Mr. Theater in Boston for many, many, many years, and you've done an amazing job. Is this the most challenging time for anybody in your position ever, or what? It is totally uh, the most challenging times ever, and I really hope we never go through it again. Mm. Uh, You know, it's funny about that, Jordan. Uh, uh, Six years ago, when I had the pleasure of getting uh, my friend uh, Ernie Bach Jr. to agree to be the sponsor of the center. He said to me, Joe, so listen, uh, you know, what could shut the theater down? And I said uh, at the time, well, perhaps, you know, we have a fire and it burns down and, you know, it's pretty hard to rebuild the Wang Theater. It's a national historic landmark and so on and so on. And the other is we could go bankrupt, I guess, or or competition changes, or the entertainment stuff changes, but gee, I don't think there is anything. And then I said, yeah, I think the only thing I can think of uh, is a pandemic, and we both laughed. Uh, and here we are facing this um, uh, incredible problem where we're, you know, our industry was the first to close and going to be the last to reopen. That's right. I was just talking uh, on another podcast with a gal by the name of Jessica Jenick. She's a Broadway producer for many, many years. And the one thing that she told me, the takeaway was, of all people, of all organizations, of all groups, to come up with creative ways to sort of get something done, it's the people in the theater. And that's the case with you, too. Before we talk more about you and what you've been up to, let's jump right into this Ghostlight uh, campaign, the Ghostlight series, which is yeah. a terrific concept. Uh, well, I was going to say, Jordan, it's, it's you know, when when the pandemic happened and we were all forced to shut on March 12, um, uh, the center um, not only had its entire performance schedules in both theaters completely come to a halt, um, uh, but uh, right at that time, I was diagnosed with COVID-19 myself, and so was my wife. And um, uh, here you were, uh, extremely ill for about a month. It took us to get over it. And yet at the same time, I had to let go 275 family members. Uh, and I consider them family members, all the people that worked for us here in both of our theaters. And at that time, uh, both theaters were very active. And uh, um, so anyway, we let all the people go. And and um, at that time, we also had to shut down the Hall of Fame, which was uh, on a on a real roll. 
um, uh, at this moment, and we were getting ready to open a Bob Dylan exhibit and a Bruce Springsteen exhibit, and the tours were going well. Everything came to a complete halt. But what we decided to do was to support a lot of our brethren. So obviously there were live streaming going on at Passim's. There were live streaming going on at our friends at the Cabot Theater in Beverly and others around the United States, like the Folk Alliance or the Americana Music Festival. And we really didn't do anything for ourselves at that point, except launch a campaign that said that arts can heal. Well, as time went on, I finally decided that we really needed to do something. And, um, uh, you know, we came up with this uh, plan to do the Ghost Light series. And if your audiences don't know what a Ghost Light is, it's uh, been in theaters for centuries. And um, at the end of every night before the last person goes home, um, a tall standing lamp is brought out to the edge of the stage. It's plugged in with an extension cord. It has no shade and a light bulb. And it's called a ghost light. Now, it was, uh, you know, rumored that this would protect the actors and allow the ghosts in the theaters after all these years to play around. But the most important thing was that a theater never goes dark. So we decided to do the ghost light series and use the ghost light as the, um, as the, you know, the symbol. And uh, major artists like uh, people saw on, uh, on, um, uh, September 25th with the mammals and others um, have come in. They play on the stage with no one in the seats, 3,500 empty seats, uh, and they perform acoustically. Uh, no production sound, no 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 lighting, no spotlights, um, and they just perform uh, acoustically. And it's been really terrific. And uh, we've gotten a lot of attention across the country for it. And uh, it's to go to show that. You know, the arts do heal, and then we'll be back. And you also have a connection with New England Cable News, a very popular and a very important news source in town. Tell us about that. We do, and and, and that was one of the things that sort of made me uh, want to go in this direction is, you know, when you notice that the live streaming was sort of getting oversaturated and the amount of audience members that were actually watching it on people's, you know, YouTube channels or FaceTime or Twitter or whatever it was, um, I needed to see if we could find uh, a lot of eyeballs. And since we were, um, you know, we're the largest nonprofit performing arts center in all of New England, we wanted to support all of our uh, sisters and brothers of artists in New England. So uh, the fact that we were able to convince NECN without much effort, to be honest, um, that this was a great idea, we're now broadcasting all of these in a half-hour show uh, beginning uh, last Friday or Friday, September 25th, and it's on every other week on Friday nights at 7.30. And it's a half-hour show, and it's broadcast in Maine, it's broadcast in Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. That's outstanding. We're talking with Joe Spaulding, President and CEO of the Box Center. And uh, what's really interesting in, in reading the history and your history, Joe, is how much Boston, since your reign has begun, how much Boston has been a player in terms of Broadway, including shows that you've actually produced, including shows that have started at the Wang or now the Box Center. Talk a little bit about that growth in Boston's input. Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm 
just starting, Jordan, and it's most incredible, into my 35th year as the CEO here. And uh, so obviously you've witnessed a lot of things over the last uh, 35 years. But, uh, you know, we, we, we did get into the Broadway business, and we were able to, back in the late 80s and 90s, prove that Boston could be an incredible Broadway town. It has subsequently changed a lot since then, Jordan, as you know. But back in those days, you know, you could run Phantom of the Opera for four months. You could run, you know, Rent for a full year. You could run all these big shows that we did uh, for long periods of time. And so that forces to say, well, listen, well, let's get into producing some of these that we might be able to have worldwide rights to, which we did in Forming Elephant Eye. And uh, we developed the Adams Family. And the biggest success one we had was American in Paris, which was a gigantic success for us worldwide. Um, that said, today, just like anything else, Broadway is shut down. Um, and the only thing that's changed now in Broadway is the expense of mounting these productions have gone mm. through the roof, Jordan, and it's very hard uh, to capitalize um, uh, nowadays. And I think that the, the, the style of Broadway audiences, in my personal opinion, are, are getting older and um, not younger, and uh, certainly Hamilton, which we were involved in, uh, very much helped that. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Broadway comes back when we finally all reopen sometime, we hope, in 21. Well, it's funny you mentioned shows like that. I, I was thinking of Dear Evan Hansen. I was thinking of Jagged Little Pill. These are very contemporary shows, but they still follow the same framework of dance Correct. and music and comedy and pathos. And I think the writing is so good with some of these productions and the productions themselves. Are you excited about when we reopen, whenever that is? People are just starving for live entertainment. I would agree, and all the studies say that. Um, uh, we are tremendously optimistic, but you have to remember, Jordan, um, uh, uh, we will have had, uh, let's pretend we're going to open in September of 21, and because uh, that's what we're modeling at the moment. Hopefully it'll be sooner, but that's what we're looking at. And that means we will have been shut from March of 2020 to September of 21 with not one dime of earned income. Mm. And how are, are my sisters and brother organizations going to survive uh, that, that period of time without any earned income? Now, fortunately, we're a not-for-profit. We had an endowment. We had operating reserves. You know, we have the line of credit. We got a PPP, and we're able to raise money. Um, and people have been contributing to maintaining that we will get back. When we get back, we're seeing um, uh, we have a whole range of shows that we have been just continually moving for the third or fourth time mm. into later time slots. Uh, and so we think we're going to have a lot of shows if we get a chance to get open. That said, I think we all feel that there's going to be a period of time um, when people will sort of still be worried about um, indoor gatherings. Um, uh, but, you know, as uh, Dr. Fauci said in the New York Times recently, uh, you know, he sees a, a time where in September of 21, uh, people are going back without masks and, and really enjoying it. And I think in order to help us get to there, Jordan, we're working hard, obviously, 
at doing the things that we need to do to keep people safe in our buildings um, when we do open. And number two, we're hopeful that there'll be rapid testing at home and obviously that we have a vaccine. And with those all in our favor and that the public really wants to come back to life, we think we're going to do extremely well if we can last that long. Let me circle back to something we talked about at the beginning of this chat, and that was uh, I didn't even know that you and your wife had COVID. I'm glad you've recovered. But the the sadness that you had to lay off at at that point, uh, well over 200 people of the family, the theater family. And I think for a lot of people, we go to the theater, see the ushers, we see the orchestra, we see the actors. We don't think about all the people that it takes. Just give me an example and the audience an example of what we're talking about. Who are the people behind the scenes? Well, you you know, one, you have the entire marketing staff, you have the entire, entire theater services staff, you have the entire catering staff, you have all of the actors, you have all of the stagehands, you have um, uh, the teamsters who unload the truck, you mentioned the ushers. Um, uh, these people were here with us, you know, 24-7 um, all of these years. And, and, and we've never been shut this long, ever, in our entire history. Uh, and this building's been around for almost 100 years, as you know. So um, it was extremely hard. And a lot of those people uh, made their living in this field, and they are still unemployed. And that's a very sad thing. I've got to ask you before we wrap as well, Joe, about the work you've done and where we're going with government or public sector, private sector cooperation. I mean, thank God we've had support in some areas for the arts, but as we all know, that's one of the first things to get cut. What What's going on currently in the city of Boston that you can report on? Well, I, I um, as you know, um, my second love of life besides the arts is politics because I've got to play it every day. Right. And um, so I spend a great deal of my time lobbying uh, both at the city level uh, and certainly here in the state level with the governor and um, our legislature that the arts are important and they are uh, critical uh, to our soul. And I believe the arts keeps us a civilized uh, society, so we got to fund it. And we can't take it for granted. And uh, it's a huge industry, and it generates a um, huge amount of economic impact for all of the cities that we're involved in. And, uh, uh, you know, so right now, um, uh, you know, the, the state is working on an economic stimulus bill that we hope concludes uh, some arts funding in it. Um, you know, I helped develop uh, over the years which has come to, uh, it was a great thing. We uh, did a casino mitigation bill, which allowed not-for-profits to get money from the casino mitigation and and, and as that was going, but now they're all shut. Um, You know, we've continued to develop the the cultural facilities of which uh, our governor continues to support, which has generated millions of dollars in bonding issues for many of our buildings to be able to do elevators, sewage ejection pumps, everything that nobody sees hmm. that we need in order to keep keep functioning. So uh, we've also rallied, obviously, in Washington. So we rallied hard for the PPPs. We're absolutely rallying very hard right now uh, to get what is known as a Save Our Stages uh, or the Restart Program. Uh, we have one shot to do this by the end of the month of September, uh, maybe into the first couple of weeks of October. 
and um, that's a $10 billion one, and we're spearheading that with a group called NIVA, N-I-V-A, which is a national independent venues association of over 3,000 of us across the United States. No one has been a champion for the arts as you have, and I love talking with you, Joe, but I really want to hear you when I go to the Wang, I'm sorry, the Box Center, and hear you give the announcement about theater exits and all that kind of stuff. You still do that, right? I do. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it is uh, a requirement. Um, and for our safety, and I do, and uh, many times, uh, you know, I might be in the theater and people will say, I didn't know you were a ventriloquist, <laughs> but uh, um, uh, yes, it is there, and I uh, redo those uh, uh, constantly uh, with my team here, so it's, well. it's, it's part of what you're supposed to do. I give you an and A+. Plus. I do think that our studies show, uh, Jordan, that, that um, people trust the box center. They trust that when they go to the Wang Theater and the Schubert Theater, you know, you're you're providing a safe environment for them. Um, uh, and we are. And so in order to reopen, Jordan, we have to make a very substantial six-figure gift. I mean, six-figure uh, expenses yeah. for PPE equipment, sanitizers, uh, you know, your air f- uh, filters and filtration and social distancing and plexiglass for your bars. It's not cheap, and we're not at, we don't have any money, so we're trying to raise money in order to keep to be able to provide what we know our audiences want. And what's the best uh, website to key in on, Joe, that people can, can watch progress and also make donations and help out? It's, it's an easy one. It's called boxcenter.org. Oh, B-O-C-H, of course, is the way you spell it. Yeah, C-E-N-T-E-R, one word, right. dot org. I've been in touch with Ernie on a lot of other issues related to his work as a charitable fellow. I want to thank you very much, and we're all excited about the Ghost Light series, and if people want to know more, they can also go to that website. Joe, keep up the good work. Hang in there, buddy. It's not going to be easy. I appreciate but... uh, Jordan. It's been always an honor to have a conversation with you. Thank Thank you. To find out much more, visit bachcenter.org. That's B-O-C-H center.org. Joe and his colleagues are working every day to keep the dream of theater alive, and they will get there. Good luck, Joe. My thanks, as always, to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, to my buddy and partner Ken Carberry of Chark Productions, and to you for subscribing and downloading this podcast. And please tell your friends about us. Offer up a rating, if you would. That would be helpful as well. Until next time, this is Jordan Rich, as always, saying be well so you can do good. Take care.